1: Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added, will be supplied to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What does he say? Don't worry, worship. Seek God. When you seek God, when you seek first God's kingdom, that includes prayer. He says, don't waste time, redeem it. We are not to be anxious about our lives. I can see the promised land Though there's pain
0: within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every giant will fall Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so thankful that you've taken the time to join us this morning for the program, especially as we continue walking day-to-day during this coronavirus outbreak. Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church hopes that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy during these days. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith shares a message with us from the New Testament book of Philippians, a message that he is entitled, Cultivating Joy Among the Ruins. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Philippians, chapter 4.
1: Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Hello Hillside, hello friends, welcome to church. I know we're in week 3 of this most unusual trial that we are experiencing as a nation and as a world with this COVID-19 outbreak. I'm glad that each of you could join us today, and I pray that the Lord will sustain you and His people and all of us as we continue to trust in Him, even in the midst of this storm. Today, we have a message entitled, Cultivating Joy Among the Ruins. It's about constructive versus destructive thinking in this virus outbreak. Our passage is Philippians 4, 4 through 9. And what we have here are words of encouragement, words of hope, words that hope will enable us to experience the joy that we have in Christ Jesus. Let me read you something as we get started that I read last week as I was preparing for this message, and I think it really sort of feeds into this, and it is what inspired the title of the message as well, Cultivating Joy Among the Ruins. Listen to what this man wrote. "...the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end." They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. What is going on here? Here is a man, a regular human being, just like us, like me, like you. He's made of flesh and bone. He's not Superman. And as he expresses his contentment in God, some would say his joy is And belonging to the Lord enables him to look beyond his circumstances. Why do I say that? Well because everything this man holds dear he has pretty much lost as he writes this. Everything that seemed once familiar to him is gone. His city has been destroyed. His place of worship has been decimated. People that he knew and loved and cared for had been carried off into exile and captivity if not slaughtered like livestock. For the last 20 years he had been preaching and calling his nation to repentance. But they didn't listen because life was good and things were prosperous and they mistook, as people often do, God's patience for his approval and his blessing. That's what Judah did. That's what Israel did. That was the mistake they made. The man who was writing these joyful words, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. That's Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. And this is from the book of Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 23 and 24. In the midst of this crisis, in the midst of losing, humanly speaking, everything that he held dear, his worst human fear is coming true He finds peace in the storm. He finds joy among the ruins. Can we? I mean, we're not facing anything like Jeremiah did here in Lamentations. What does it take to find joy, regardless of our circumstances, to find peace in the midst of the storm, joy among the ruins? Well, first and foremost, I would say, and I would think most of you would agree, it takes a relationship with God. It takes a relationship with God, connection with the Almighty, with Jesus Christ, as Savior. It also takes an understanding of God's goodness and character that enables us to see beyond the here and now, to see beyond the forest and the trees into a greater redemptive vision, to see that God is at work in a much bigger way than we might have imagined, a much different way. But that doesn't make life easy necessarily, but it does make life bearable. It does make it possible to find peace and joy, no matter what is going on in your life at this moment or in the days to come. You know, we live in an era right now where everything is, seems to be up in the air. Everything that we once took for granted seems to be, well, it seems to be being taken away from us. There's a palpable anxiety in the air right now, a, a sense of uncertainty, and an understandable fear that things may never be the same. They may never be. Is there joy, peace of mind, sanity to be found among the ruins of what was once our stability? Yes? No? Maybe? I think yes. Does that mean that things aren't hard? Let me tell you, Terry and I went for a walk the other day. and We were walking through our neighborhood and there were houses for sale and all these signs announcing uh, open houses. Those open houses never took place. Those real estate agents, those real estate professionals, those realtors, they live on commission. Their support staffs, their administrative assistants, their families rely on them selling real estate and all that is stopped right now. Things are pretty tough on them. Things are pretty tough all over. Think of the Lyft drivers and the Uber drivers. Think of people working in department stores. Think of retail personnel, waiters, waitresses, Bus boys, dishwashers, I'm reminded IKEA as of today is no longer open in California. Marriott Hotels International has furloughed 115,000 of 170,000 employees for the next 90 days. In their corporate staff, which is 4,000 people, they've laid off just a little bit short. They furloughed, excuse me, 2,300 or so employees. Is there joy to be found among these ruins? I have to tell you, as a person who derives his income from charitable giving, these are tough times. These are uncertain times, humanly speaking. But you know what? God is in charge, and God causes all things to work together for good. And we can, as Jeremiah did, find joy among the ruins. This is an unprecedented time To share the gospel, to live out your faith in a compelling way, and we can find joy in our nearness to God through these difficult times. But how does one find hope? What steps can you take to find hope, joy, peace of mind, even in times like these? Because these are tough, tough times. The most concise statement, the most concise instruction that I can find in the entire Bible is found in the book of Philippians, which is called the most joyful book in the New Testament. This is Paul's most joyful letter, written to a people he loved and adored. Ironically, though, Paul is in Roman custody, chained to a Roman soldier. He's he's under arrest, and he's writing from his imprisonment to the church at Philippi. He's encouraging them. You see, he's learned the secret, as he writes, of contentment no matter what his circumstances. And that's what joy is. Paul found peace, joy, and contentment among his own ruins, and so can we. Philippians 4, 4 through 9 provides us with a very simple and concise roadmap to joy. It, it provides us a blueprint for finding joy and peace and, mo- and, and hope in this present difficult time. So let's look into the Bible together. Let's look at Philippians 4, 4 through 9, and see what God has to say about finding joy in the midst of the storm. Philippians 4, 4-9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known and shown to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, there's an element of joy there. Let, the, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, some translations read all human understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence If there is anything worthy of praise, think, dwell about these things. Verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. What we have here are three steps that we can take to finding joy among the ruins in which we live seemingly right now. Three steps to finding peace and hope and joy among all the uncertainty that seems to be swelling around us in the midst of this crisis. And so let's take that first step together, shall we? Step one, pray rather than worry. Pray rather than worry. You could say worship, not worry. Where do we see this? We see this in verses six and seven. Here's a command. Do not be anxious about anything, but instead, on the contrary... In everything by prayer and supplication, that's petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard or garrison your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As the Holy Spirit said through the pen of the Apostle Paul, don't worry, pray, pray. You know what he gives us here is is an alternative to destructive thought processes, to destructive thinking, to harmful practices. He gives us a constructive, a beneficial, a useful replacement. When perplexed, we can do one of two things. We can worry or we can worship. We can worry and fret or we can pray. And he calls us to pray because worry is destructive. We get mired down, paralyzed in analysis, paralysis, what if, what if we start worrying about things that haven't even happened yet. But what he tells us to do is to pray, is to worship, is to seek God through prayer, is to express your dependence upon God and His character and His goodness and His ability and His plans and His awareness of your needs, of your circumstances. That's why Jesus said pretty much the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount. As he Went beyond the the, uh, the Lord's prayer or the apostles' prayer or the disciples' prayer, and in Matthew six twenty five through twenty seven and thirty three through thirty four, Jesus gives us his own version of Philippians here. What does he say? Beginning in verse twenty five, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? And he says this, listen to this, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet, and yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he asks this rhetorical question, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added, will be supplied to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What does he say? Don't worry, worship. Seek God. When you seek God, when you seek first God's kingdom, that includes prayer. He says, don't waste time, redeem it. We are not to be anxious about our lives. And Jesus gives us this beautiful picture of God's care for wildlife. Look at the birds of the air. They are neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Well, are you not? Jesus asked two questions. Are you not more valuable than birds? And does God take care of the birds? Two straight-up questions. And then there's an implicit third question, and it's this. Will He not take care of you? Does our Savior lack the will or desire to care for His people? Does He lack the ability or the love? I know, it's easy to say, but what if this happens? Or what if, what if the, 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 the sheltering at home is extended for months and months and months? What if the economy tanks? Forget the what-ifs. Those are roads to nowhere. Think with Jesus. What does worry accomplish? Does it bring you joy? No, it doesn't. It can lead to hysteria, depression, fretfulness, hopelessness. That's what worry does. Worship, prayer. Prayer leads you in the right direction. It leads to reasonable plans, reasonable thinking. You know, that's the difference between worry and concern. I'm not saying don't be concerned, not to be mindful of the circumstances or the situation. One is constructive. That's being mindful—that's seeking God. That's that's worship. The other is uh, destructive. That's worry. That's anxious. And he says, "Do not be anxious." Again, uh, Matthew six thirty four. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Good advice from God in the flesh. So don't waste time worrying. Don't worry, pray. Seek God first and foremost. Seek God primarily. He shouldn't be your last resort, he should be your first resort. James, the half-brother of Jesus Christ, says pretty much the same thing in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. You know, He says, Count it all joy whenever you encounter various and sundry trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfecting, maturing, completing work, leaving you adequate and complete, lacking in nothing. But then he picks up on the prayer part. Because sometimes we find ourselves seemingly beyond our depth. And James understands that. God understands that. And the Holy Spirit, through the pen of the Apostle James, says this to us in James 1, 5 through 6. If any of you, if any one of you lacks wisdom, here's a command, let him ask God. It's a command. Ask God, he says. If you lack wisdom, if you're in over your head, if you're beyond your depth, ask God for wisdom. And look how he describes God. Here's here's where you find joy among the ruins. Who gives generously to all without reproach. Ask and it will be given him. But, verse 6, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. When you worry, when you doubt, you're just all over the board. You're up and down. It's almost like you're bipolar. It's almost like you're manic depressive. You're just all over the place. One moment you're up, one moment you're down. One moment you're happy, one moment you're sad. One moment you're confident, one moment you're worried. But he says, look, just ask God for the wisdom, and God will provide. Don't worry, pray. Don't worry, worship. Ask speaks to praying. Ask God. Pray to God for wisdom, and he will supply what you need when you need it. It also says that he gives generously. There's cause for joy. Characteristically, our God is a graceful, grace-giving supplying, enabling, empowering God. And not only that, who are you going to turn to for answers? Reddit? BuzzFeed? Quora? Your friends? Your colleagues? Or God? All of which brings us back to our passage, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, because here is the how-to for finding joy among the ruins. Here is the first step. The first lines of our blueprint are sketched out here. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Listen to this. Look at this. Think about this. Drink it in. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. But instead, on the contrary, in everything, in every situation and circumstances, characteristically, habitually, and practically, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your request be made known to God. Don't worry, pray. And look at this promise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want you to think about it. There's joy right there. There's joy. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding. Think of Jeremiah walking among the ruins, think of Paul here writing in prison. It will guard your hearts. It will guard your emotions. It will guard your thinking in Christ. Hillside peace in the storm enables us, facilitates us to have joy among the ruins. Prayer, remember, is an acknowledgement of dependence upon God. Who would you rather depend on? Who would you rather look to? Who knows everything, can do anything? Who Who do you turn to for wisdom? God. And at that point, you know what? You've done all that you can do. That's why the peace of God comes, because you've taken it to the foot of the cross. You've taken it to the highest authority in the universe. You've taken it to the only one who knows all things exhaustively, all things completely, who sees the larger picture, who knows what he's trying to accomplish, who knows your needs before you ask, who knows what you can handle. And having done that, you can lie down and rest and sleep peacefully and live joyfully, because you're depending on God not your own wit and wisdom, and not the frail wisdom or the pooled ignorance of Reddit and BuzzFeed and Quora and all this sort of thing. You see, prayer doesn't really change God. It changes us. It changes how we look at our circumstances. You see that in verse 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, because you've let your request be made known to God. You've taken it to the King, the Sovereign of the Universe, And now his peace is upon you. And remember what Jesus said, peace I give to you, not peace as the world gives, but my peace I give to you. Peace that enables us to draw closer to God, deeper into his embrace, and to find solace and serenity and yes, joy as we walk among the ruins. So don't worry, worship. Don't worry, pray. Don't engage in destructive thinking. Engage in constructive practices. Pray. Go to somebody who can do something about the situation. Go to somebody who can provide the wisdom you need, God in Christ. Then what? Well, that brings us to step two. Step two is this. Cling to what is true. Cling to what is true. Recall, rehearse, focus on what you know to be true and good, and for that matter, who you know to be true and good. Where do we see this? We see this in Philippians 4, eight. So he's giving all these instructions, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. Let your reason be seen by all people, let it be known and shown. Be anxious for nothing, pray. And then he says in verse 8, he begins to conclude all these thoughts together, this blueprint to uh, serenity, this blueprint to joy as we walk among the ruins. He says this, finally brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if, if, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think, focus on these things. Some translations say dwell on these things. Remember, as we've always discussed, one of our, I hate to call it a mantra, but that's what it, one of our mottos here is right thinking leads to right attitudes, actions, words, and deeds.
0: Pastor Keith Crosby on this special edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast. We do want to thank you for tuning in today and joining us for Grace to Live, as these days are most definitely uncharted waters for all of us, not only here in our San Jose community, but also for believers worldwide. So we want to encourage you to keep looking up and holding fast to the Lord and His promises. Remember, He gave us these promises long, long ago, knowing exactly what we would be facing today. And that alone should give us all hope. With the current guidelines in place by our president and the local leaders here in San Jose, Hillside Church will be holding our worship service 100% online for now. So please remember our website, hillside.org. You can view our Sunday morning service there as well as to keep informed with updates on what's happening here at the church as we walk through this time together. Just click on the COVID 19 response button for updates on ministry activities, resources for your children, as well as important information from the County Health Commission. And you can also connect with us on social media, the church Facebook page, at Hillside Church San Jose, as well as our Instagram page, at Hillside San Jose. Don't worry if you missed any of this information. You can access everything by visiting our website, hillside.org. We want to thank you so very much for spending this time with us here on the Grace to Live radio broadcast. I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and all of us here at Hillside Church, we want to encourage you with our prayer that the Lord will continue to richly bless you and protect you. So please keep looking up, and thanks for listening.